fans, welcome to another edition of Off the Bench presented by the Alibaba Group. Zach Rosen and Jackson Filio here from WashingtonWizards.com. Uh, in the midst of a lot of basketball going on, uh, this ep- this episode will not have a guest, but we have so much to talk about. Um, the Wizards getting a big win on MLK Day yesterday, Monday, against the Detroit Pistons. Uh, it wasn't a great road trip for the team, but they are now set for four games in seven days. They'll be stopping in between the the back-to-back and then the trip to Atlanta and Milwaukee. So we'll get into previewing some of those teams, especially the Bucks, who we haven't seen this year, and they're just dismantling the entire NBA so far this season. Uh, but, Jackson, I want to start in Chicago and Toronto, not get into it too much. I know it was difficult with a lot of players coming back from injury, you know, getting them back in the rotation. The starting lineup is changing a lot, and then some of the guys were on minutes restrictions. So it kind of made it tough, especially – against the Raptors, who were a great team. They did not miss in that game. And then against the Bulls and what was a kind of a frustrating loss. Yeah, no doubt. And, I mean, when you have so many guys that missed an extended period of time and Davis Pertans, Bradley Beal, and Thomas Bryant trying to work their way back into the lineup, there's going to be some chemistry adjustments. So for as much as we talked about for the last month how much of a challenge it was for this team to deal with those guys being out, those guys that were playing in their wake and getting all those minutes – developed a bit of a bond together and got in some rhythm and got used to, um, you know, a heavy load of Ish Smith and uh, Jordan McRae and Troy Brown Jr., uh, Jan Mahimi, uh, AP, all these guys on the offensive and defensive end contributing that are going to have to scale back some of their usage as, you know, these these other guys work their way back in. And, um, you know, Brad's now been back for four games and, um, you know, a trio of 20-point performances, a not his best performance against the Toronto Raptors, but you know, I think we saw Monday him kind of fully get his legs back under him, and uh, you know it, it took a couple games. He played well against Chicago. It was a close loss. There were a number of guys that actually played decent in that game. It didn't come together in the end. But um, if you just view last week as a whole as an adjustment period, peaking on Monday against Detroit, I, I think there are certainly positives to be taken from it. Yeah, and we'll dive a little bit more into that. Uh, that was yesterday, 106 to 100 win, held them to 100 points. Defense was exceptional, especially Mahimi on Andre Drummond. Drummond ended up having nine turnovers in that game. Um, I think Mahimi was really the standout. 21 points, seven rebounds. Uh, he forced five turnovers. He had three blocks, a few steals. Um, just really anchored the team down low. And I know with Thomas Bryant coming back, they started together, and then. In this case, based on matchups, Bryant came off the bench and actually had to play a lot, probably even maybe went over his restriction. Uh, I don't think Brooks was asked about that after the game, but because of Mahimi's foul trouble, um, and then Jonathan Williams came in because Beshezniks got injured and practice on Sunday. So there's a lot of moving parts amongst the big men, but uh, I thought Brad had a really good performance as well. Got those assist numbers up closer to his average so far this year. Scored uh, basically the the bucket that sealed it late in the game to put him back up six to another 20 plus performance so it seemed like things were clicking a lot better against Detroit and they were down a considerable amount in the first half too yeah and you mentioned the big rotation that was a major topic of conversation around the team since Thomas Bryant returned and you know Scott Brooks went with that double big lineup a couple times last week and obviously you know with AP going down with the twisted ankle this weekend you got to find a way to spread those minutes out some more and whether that's the only reason 
uh, Thomas Bryant you know, returns to the bench, or if it was just matchups, as you mentioned, against Detroit, we, we don't know specifically. But whatever it was, it worked, and we got our second Jan game of the season. And I think what is unique about these quote-unquote Jan games so far is you know, he doesn't do it with volume. It's pure efficiency. The guy just doesn't right. miss. And you know, whether that's a bit of shooter's luck or you know, just pure rhythm that he gets in, it's it's interesting to see. I mean, he was nine of ten, you know, yesterday yeah. in the, the previous Jan game against Miami earlier in the season. He was ten of eleven. Um, you know, when when that guy gets going, and it's not just you know little bunny hooks around the rim. He, you know, he hit another three pointer. Um, yesterday oh, against Detroit, also. yeah, yeah. He, I think it was a, a foot on the line that yeah. some people thought was a three at first and ended up not being so. But um, you know, he finishes the game plus fourteen, um, and it was all game long. It was it was not in spurts. He, his his presence was felt from the opening tip all the way to you know the closing stretch of the game, which it says a lot when you're doing it against somebody like Andre Drummond. It seems like Mahimi can get you know to the line he he kind of gets the same shots almost every game but it's almost like the angle he takes to the basket has a lot to do with it and then if he can outstrength you like Drummond's a big dude and he was still scoring on him I think I checked the stats a little while ago he was six of seven when Drummond guarded him Drummond's a big boy I mean it was a really impressive performance and Jan has been great after the game he was just so thankful you know to to be getting this kind of opportunity still uh, you know, well, he's been with the team now four years, and I think, you know, the crowd really, you know, riled up when he got, unfortunately, he fouled out because he was just playing hard defense on Drummond. Um, and the Wizards, they, they looked like a the tough-nosed defensive team I know they want to be, and it's just going to take time to get there with based on their experience. But Gary Payton the second was great on Derrick Rose. Um, it's been interesting seeing how the lineup has flipped. It's like IT and Brad and Mahimi have kind of been the mainstays in the lineup. So I'm wondering, like, moving forward with what's ahead, if maybe a matchup is better for Bryant versus Mahimi, will that switch up the lineup? But I, it's hard to take Jan out of the starting five right now. I think he's been so integral in the defensive prowess that him and Gary Payne combined together, kind of like in baseball up the middle, the, the catcher, shortstop, center field defense that all these teams strive for. They provide that with the perimeter defense and then Jan anchoring in the middle. They're both really good defenders. So I wonder if you keep them together starting and then they just don't play as many minutes down the stretch. As everyone knows, it's not about who starts. It's about who finishes. And as Thomas Bryant gets off the minutes restriction, he gets off some of his rust. I mean, he missed a lot of close shots yesterday, um, but came on with some dunks. And then eventually Mo Wagner comes back. Pesheznik's comes back. It's going to be interesting to, to see how Coach Brooks really maneuvers that. Of course, AP can go to the G League. Jonathan Williams is a two-way. I think he's going to be with the Wizards on the first part of this trip. Schofield's been playing with the go-go. Um, so the front court is interesting for sure. It's a lot of bigs. And I, I think when you look at this upcoming trip, not to transition too quickly to you know previewing these games, but there's a lot of front court prowess coming uh, you know, coming up with these guys, um, whether it's the Bucks or the Heat. Um, you know, John Collins is playing better for the Hawks. These, this, this front court rotation for the Wizards is going to be tested. And you know, we touched on you know Thomas Bryant and Jan Mahimi starting together for you know as interesting as it was to see them you know be announced as starters next to each other and they're you know on the graphic and you know have their names announced when the teams come out. They didn't play a ton together. The, the minutes right. weren't 
there a lot. So I, I think the the volume of not just those two playing together, but other double big lineups that you know Scott Brooks may turn to later in the season as some of these guys get healthy um, is going to be an interesting wrinkle to keep an eye on because I think for so long, you know, in years past, but also just throughout the first half of the season, you know, th- this team has been headlined by its wing players beyond even just John right. and Brad. Um, you know, there's. Porter, Oubre, Morris. Yeah. Exactly. Um, and, you know, Troy Brown Jr. stepping up sure. this season and kind of throwing his name in the ring for that conversation. But um, Impact Biggs has not been a defining quality of, you know, Wizards rosters for the last handful of years. And I, I think a, a bit of a page may be turning there now that there's are so many options that Scott Brooks has at his hands. And, you know, it's going to be a big test for him to see how he's uh, going to manage those minutes going forward. So four-game trip starts with the back-to-back Miami-Cleveland. Two teams kind of trending in different directions. The same can be said for the second half of the road trip, Atlanta-Milwaukee. The worst record in the NBA and the best record in the NBA, I believe. Uh, And with the Heat, we've seen them a few times. You know they're going to remember the 18-point whooping they they had here at Capital One Arena, which was probably the Wizards' most... uh, I'd say probably their best performance of the season because of who contributed, who was playing, who wasn't playing. The Heat were basically at full strength. Um, They were missing a few guys, but, I mean, the Wizards really smacked them, kind of what the Heat have done to other teams in the past when they were more of a borderline eight seed and not this, like, number two in the East type. Um, So it's going to be interesting. Miami's always a tough place to play, but the Wizards did play well there. The first game on the road, they made it really close, competed. It was a great game. Yeah, and I mean, they've gone up and down a little bit over the last few weeks since the teams met last, but once again, they meet with the Heat sitting at second in the Eastern Conference. They are not to be uh, trifled with. They are they are an outstanding team. They are deep. Everything they do runs through Jimmy Butler, but it's not, it, it's not for lack of depth. It's not for lack of options that they have. They have, you know, on the perimeter – um, on the defensive end, in the paint, everything. They, they, they have guys they can throw at you, um, you know, beyond Jimmy Butler. And I think, you know, the Wizards are going to have their work cut out for them. I, I mean, when you look at that last matchup, not to make this exclusively the Jan Mahimi podcast, but that was his other 20-point performance of his career, that December 30th game against the Heat. And Still wild to think he's had played in the league how many years and he has two 20-point performances the only ones of his career in like back-to-back months in the last yeah in the last three weeks or so um so whether he's going to be able to repeat that performance or not we will see i, I think you know it may not even be in the wizard's best interest if everything that they're doing is running through Jan Mahimi, especially considering how well some of these other guys have, have stepped up in the last few weeks brad is back and in full force i think we can say that after uh, the way he played against Detroit, and he wasn't a part of that last matchup against the Heat. Right. Um, so that will be something that uh, you know they have to deal with that they did not before. But it, it really starts and finishes with managing Jimmy Butler. Um, I, I think you know Gary Payton the second is probably going to see some time on Jimmy Butler in, in this matchup, and you know that has worked wonders for the Wizards in the last handful of weeks, being able to throw a guy like him at the best option of you know the opposing team. Yeah, and with the Heat, I think Adebayo goes without saying. We've talked about it on the podcast before. He's having basically an all-star season. A lot of people expect him to be named a reserve, um, and you can't let that guy get open. In the first game in Miami, he was all over the place, really hurt the Wizards throughout the game. They He had so many dunks in the first half, and they tightened up a little bit. 
So I think the key actually for them, for the Wizards, is obviously stay in front of Butler out of bio, but don't let guys like Kendrick Nunn get going, Duncan Robinson. Don't let them have open shots. Uh, don't let a guy like Myers Leonard get going. I mean, he's probably not even one of their premier scorers. He's just a big dude. He can shoot from the outside, throw some muscle at you, plays hard, but you can't let guys like that beat you. Um, and so it's actually interesting because it seems like they're going to go from Miami to Cleveland, different climates, different teams, very different coaching uh, situations from what we understand. And the Cavs are really struggling. I think you wrote they've lost 12 out of 14. And, you know, they have Kevin Love. Tristan Thompson's been really good this year. Uh, they traded Jordan Clarkson to get Dante Exum uh, in a trade a few weeks back, right before actually the Wizards saw Clarkson in the Jazz. Uh, you're looking at two young guards, Sexton and Garland. Garland, who, of course, was on Bradley Beal's AU team, which is a crazy connection. They're very close. Uh, Shetty Osman is always a guy who plays hard. So it's so crazy, you know, when you go night to night in the NBA, who you're going to see. But the Wizards can't let the Cavs out-wizard them, like when the Wizards host these teams that don't, you know, think much of them and they just smack them. You can't let that happen in Cleveland. Yeah, the Cavs are struggling. Uh, five straight losses, most recently a 20-point loss to the New York Knicks. Not great. Not what you want. Um, but I, I think, you know, we're going to see some points in this one. The Wizards and, and Cavs rank back-to-back dead last in defensive rating in the league over the course of the season. Um, part of the Cavaliers' problem as of late has been their inability to generate offense. So um, we'll see whether going against the – the, the Wizards' defense solves some of those problems for them. But the one real bright spot for them over the last couple of weeks has been you know, Colin Sexton, who you mentioned. He has kind of taken a hold of that team and in terms of usage and um, volume. And the biggest jump for him over the past couple of weeks has been his shooting, um, you know, especially from deep. Um, from October to December to start the season, Sexton was shooting just 27 Point three percent on three attempts per game, and over the last couple weeks since January, he's hitting forty six point three percent on almost five attempts per game, which is a pretty astronomical jump on two right. fronts. To do that in the middle of the season is pretty unbelievable, and for a player so young to you know make that sort of a, a shooting jump, and it's a relatively small sample size, just being January. But we're not talking about two or three games here. Um, you know, he, he's really improved and I think that was the one thing that a lot of people said if he was able to add to his game it would unlock everything else not just for him but for this team and uh, you know they've had Kevin Love who um, you know still generates offense pretty consistently from the post and what they had essentially been missing all season has been you know anything from deep and if Sexton is able to a both drive the offense as, as a point guard but also you know, be a threat from deep. It it's going to be, you know, a slightly different Cavs team. Yeah, and I think moving to Sunday with Atlanta, it's kind of a similar vibe to Cleveland in terms of not a lot of defense, but offensive potential is there. That's a team that hasn't been struggling offensively as bad as the Cavs. They've been pretty good, but the the issue for them is Trey Young is getting a lot of pressure put on him. Not just double teams help switches. He's kind of generating almost all their offense through his points and assists, um, which props to him. He's been fantastic this season. Uh, 
we can learn a lot, though, from the last time these teams played. Just, you know, last, was it, two weeks ago, by the time they meet, uh, the only change would be that Jeff Teague was traded back to Atlanta once a, a pretty substantial part of their franchise. So he's kind of helping Trey a little bit coming off the bench. Um, but the Wizards in that game didn't have Beal. That was the game Bertans came back. He contributed 14 points. Troy Brown at 18 off the bench. McCray had a big game with 29. So the Wizards beat them without Brad. I remember they closed it out late. Uh, it was a good game. And, I mean, really, the reason they won is they shut down Trey. He had only 19 points and 7 assists, way below his averages. He was 7 of 20 from the field and didn't make a 3-pointer. Um, John Collins had a good game. He seems to always kill the Wizards. Same ditto Kevin Herter. Um, but... Not really a deep team by any means. They're you know they're rebuilding. They're very young. Cam Reddish, DeAndre uh, Hunter, Bruno Fernando, all their draft picks. They're they're young. So another team can't underestimate, especially on the road. No, and it's very similar to that Cleveland matchup where you know all of these teams, the Wizards included, struggle defensively. So it's a matter of who's going to get a few stops down the stretch. And you know you mentioned the previous matchup against the Hawks. You know the Wizards managed to slow down Trey Young. If that happens again. They're going to be in a very good position to win the game. But, you know, just for discussion's sake, let's bet against that. Yeah, I don't um, see that happening again, you know, based on the numbers. Trey is coming off a 42.15 assist game against the Raptors of all teams who know how to handle point guards and, yep. you know, know how to play, obviously, championship-level defense. But, you know, Trey leads a 21-point fourth-quarter comeback against the Raptors. They aren't able to pull out the win. But, um, you know, for as much as they have struggled – this season they show some unbelievable flashes that you know of all the let's say five or six teams at the bottom of the league you know they can't be underestimated probably you know among the best of those that group they they have the highest ceiling if you will maybe not over the course of an entire season but in little five minute spans they can they can do some unbelievable things and you know, John Collins, you mentioned the problems that he's given the Wizards in the past. He obviously missed a, a good chunk of this season um, due to suspension, but he is back and in full force. A, a lot of games with three-plus blocks since he's been back. He's coming off a 15-point, 15-rebound, four-block game uh, against uh, – I know that was the, the most recent game against the Wizards. Toronto, or the Wizards, yeah. Um, you know, he, he knows how to make an impact. So, you know, if the Wizards take care of business, it, it I think they're the better team, but – you know, this Hawks team can't be underestimated. And especially the way the Wizards have struggled on the road this year, 5-17 and 17 entering this trip. You know, you can't take anything for granted. Um, so I think Atlanta, that's a sneaky tough game, especially on a Sunday. Um, Sunday games are just difficult for whatever reason. There's a little earlier of a start time. Um, you're, you're traveling. You know, we'll be leaving on a Saturday for that game. Weekend traveling, you know. But same goes for the home team, so... You never know what those factors. And then uh, after the Atlanta trip, the road trip will end in Milwaukee to take on the Bucks. Uh, Giannis Antetokounmpo and the Bucks have been the juggernaut of the NBA this season. They've literally lost two games or three games in the last 35 games. Uh, those losses, you know, have come to, like, good teams too. They don't really drop bad games. They always come to play even when Giannis doesn't play. So you look at who they have on their roster. They lost Malcolm Brogdon, but Eric Bledsoe, Chris Middleton are still all-star level players. George Hill is such an underrated player in their backcourt. Wes Matthews, Kyle Korver, you may have think they've been washed up, still really good contributors. 
Um, Brooke Lopez is probably one of the most underrated uh, rim protectors in the NBA. Could splash from three. His brother's on the team, Robin. Dante DiVincenzo's taking a step this year, and Budenholzer is just an excellent coach. Um, and with Giannis, obviously it starts and ends with him. I don't know who on the Wizards will have to guard him. I'm guessing Isak Bonga. You feel bad for the guy, um, but he's the one who has the size and the speed. Probably not the strength. Not a lot of guys have the strength to guard Giannis, but it's going to be a team effort. Uh, they don't lose really at home much. They're a juggernaut. If you haven't been able to watch them and you get to finally Tuesday, you're in for quite a spectacle. They are a very good basketball team. It, they're the class of the league right now. I think you know the, the two Los Angeles teams get all the talk because they are the two Los Angeles teams, and they are nearly as good as the Milwaukee Bucks, not to take anything away from them. But what Milwaukee has done so far this season is absolutely, without question, second to none. They've won 33 of their last 36 games. They're first in net rating. They're first in defensive rating. They're second in offensive rating. Um, and, you know, their net rating is almost five points higher than the second-place Lakers, which is absurd. They win a lot of games the by the end of the third quarter. Exactly. And Giannis, defending MVP, who's averaging 30 points, almost 13 rebounds, and almost six assists a game, doesn't play a lot of those fourth quarters and still has those numbers. <laughs> he this plays, he plays about is, 31 minutes a game. <laughs> it's a special team. It's a really, yeah. really special team, and they're not getting the um, the same amount of discussion that some of the other special teams over the last five or so years have gotten, but they are producing at their level. And obviously, um, you know, to be properly remembered in NBA history, as some of those teams are, you have to finish, and you know, we'll revisit that in – uh, April, May, and June, but so far through mid-January, this team is special. Um, it is a tough matchup across the board for the Wizards. Um, you need to show up defensively. You need to hit from long range. You probably need Giannis to have an off game and foul you, trouble. You need some foul trouble, and you need a, a, probably a couple other things to go your way, especially if you're going to be playing in Milwaukee. But um, you know, when you talk about a young team and the flexible roster that this you know, Wizards team has, it provides an opportunity, and it's a big stage. And um, you know, you only get a few games a year against the class of the league, and you know, for some of these young guys to get an opportunity to show, you know, what they've got against somebody like Giannis, like let's see how many times, let's, let's see what Isak can do. Um, you know, it will be a challenge. Um, he will likely need some help from whoever's playing center. But, uh, you know, it's a good challenge, and it'll be fun to see and fun to watch. I think the Wizards will learn a lot about themselves on this four-game road trip. There's no doubt about that going up against the top two teams in the East and then kind of the bottom two teams in the East. And where they stand right now, the Wizards are only four games back of the eight seed. You know, they're just as close to the playoffs as they are at the bottom of the lottery, which is interesting. Uh, 7 through 15 in the East is very jumbled together. Um, and they're going to they're gonna get tested, and then they return for another six-game homestand. Our schedule is very wonky this year. There's no doubt about that. A lot of home games in February. you got an all-star break in between there in Chicago. So a lot of basketball still coming your way, 42 games through the season, and we're almost in February, which means they're going to be playing a lot of games the next couple months to fit those all in there. Um, but that'll do it for us uh, here on the Off the Bench podcast. Zach Rosen, Jackson Filio, WashingtonWizards.com. Catch you soon.